when you said my only hope, it always reminds me of there's a great bit on Futurama, mm. which is just my only regret is that I have bonitis. <laughs> yeah, bonitis. That's a, that's a funny name for a horrible sounding disease. Yeah. <laughs> bonitis. Oh, that's a really good episode. Yeah. I'll watch that sometime soon. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, cool. Fantastic. Futurama, good times. <laughs> Futurama, watch it. Yes. That's the Haybrew yeah. way. We're here to promote Fox. <laughs> Speaking of the Haybrew way, did you see the uh, notification on Facebook today? The, oh, that we got it in a drawer? Our first ever drawer? Wait, we actually got a drawer? Yeah, it said drawer, didn't it? Or is that like I still don't know how it works. Them? I don't know. But the Sunday sesh said throwing out the challenge to Haybrew in a race to the bottom. Yes. Um the fact that we oh they're on indefinite hiatus yeah so the fact the fact that we landed a draw against a podcast that's not putting anything out <laughs> it's, i'm not saying it's bleak to draw against a team that didn't show up <laughs> oh my word two greatest words in the english language default yes welcome to another episode of hey brew the only podcast Yes, for all time, all other podcasts are dead or never existed. Uh, this is the podcast about beer and the kind of stories you tell in the pub. Um, it's not really about beer, though. We did change that, and I just remembered. Yep. Um, I'm Elliot, and I, I'm Mike. I think that's how we do it. Yes. Um, look, it's been a lockdown. We're out of it. Yes. Yes. We're out of it. Yeah, and you've you've only just remembered how to do this i think because that intro threw me off and i had to very quickly try to improvise <laughs> sorry it's been in my head all week the because, only podcast <laughs> because i was thinking about how cracked for ages i don't know if it's still their slogan yeah um cracked calls itself america's only humor site that's right it's really funny yeah yeah i haven't thought about cracked in a long time i used to absolutely adore cracked sorry i'm just rearranging my headphones which yeah. is all lot of hands okay there we go there we go i could have just put my phone down yes and you now have yep this and is actually much easier you're still fiddling with them anyway there we go got a big head what yes can I say? uh i can relate i too have a large noggin <laughs> <laughs> not unlike hp lovecraft but you don't use your noggin for racism no anymore no i try not to actually <laughs> We try to use it for anti-racism. Yes. This isn't where this podcast should be going. Mike, any interesting beers lately? Uh, well, you and I went to Stomping Ground on we Wednesday did. night. Uh, I had, I mean, I'd only been there the Sunday prior. But I might add, that's the first time we've hung out outside of the podcast in fucking ages. For a while, yes. And we keep talking about it. And then Melbourne keeps deciding to have coronavirus-related lockdowns. So kind of puts a damper on things. Yeah. Um, yeah I need some damper. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it was good, you know, haven't, haven't been there for a while other than going twice in the last week. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, just good to good to hit some of their core brews, which they're still they're still running. The Hop Stomper is still a big favorite just of mine. It's a banger, isn't it? Yeah. That um, lager we had was good. The, oh, what was that? Poorly named. Yeah, I don't remember. It was a dry hop lager. Oh, it was like bio-experimentation or something like that, right? Yeah, it's probably not poorly named. It's probably exactly what it is, but you know, yeah. it wasn't, didn't didn't roll off the tongue. No. But yeah, we tried a few of their current sort of uh, seasonal or experimental beers. And yeah. That was a good time. Got some food as well. Mm. Also good. Um, yeah. The pizza yeah. was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. The pizzas are always good there. Yeah. That's where I've been going wrong. Or yeah. doing other things. 
trying to think what else. Oh, I went to East of Everything for the first time. Oh, did you eat there? Yes. It's good. Yeah, I got it? a pulled pork burger. Hell yeah. It was yeah. fucking incredible. They're having a uh, fixation tap takeover. Oh, hell yeah. Fixation are great. Yes. Uh, we haven't been there for ages. No. No, it's kind of awkward to get to from here, but uh, had their Danker Things. Yeah, right. It's like a big sort of punchy IPA kind of thing. Then I think it was a hazy actually. And then just another one of their IPAs that I have forgotten the name of. Um, Dang. Sounds good though. Yes. Yeah. Just catching up with a, with a friend there and having some food, having some drinks, but it's two train stations away from where I live now. Oh dear. And it took me about 20 minutes to get there. Yeah, it's banging. It's, <laughs> it's so banging. good. And yeah. it's dangerous to know how close that is. I'm, I'm insanely jealous. Yeah. Um, I had a skinful last night, but nothing too overly exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, a box party. Good on you, Tim. Um, which we got the invite to at 3 p.m., which is what, ridiculous. What time did it start? Eight. All right. Okay. So we were doing chores, and then I went to <laughs> Hopheads to write an episode. And yep. you saw my beer fridge. My beer fridge is currently what I would describe as insanely stacked. It's got like probably $1,000 of beer in there. Yeah, it's a big box of cans for the lads. It's a big box of lots of cans for the lads. Um, and then I was like, must not buy any more beers. Went home with four, obviously. Well, two, the, two of them were about to drink. When you're, when you're there. Yeah. What are you going to do? I did, not buy beer. I did put it out on the socials that I bought a beer called Eat the Rich, which I was like, hell yeah, yes. $21. Not really eating the rich, mm. am I there? Um, no. But I think it is from America. So there's import taxes and stuff. Yeah. Whatever. Yes. Um, but they always have really, really sweet um, um, uh, artwork. A Detroit theory. Okay. I'd yep. like to use one for the, for an episode, but I'm just like, their artwork is so mad. I don't really know what I talk about unless it's hell which, or, or art. I could do. Yeah. <laughs> that's that too. Um, but other than that, that's my, that's my kind of beer news. Okay. Um, there was something I forgot. So there we go. Never mind. Yeah. So what a, what a story, Mark. Um, <laughs> so, so why don't we talk about this beer? Yes, please. Well, you brought it. You, you yeah. have to kind of kick us off here. Um, <laughs> we have with us today Co-Conspirators Brewing, The Whistleblower. And Mike, yes. I'm going to surprise you now. Okay. I am going to present an episode today that I foreshadowed in another episode and actually talk about it. You know, all the time we're like, oh, we could do an episode on that yeah. and then never do it. Yeah. I'm actually doing it. Okay. Do you want to... Have wanna, some beer first. Though. Okay. I was going to say, you don't want to... Dr- no, I'm not dropping Don't it. pop that cherry right no. away. So what we've got here is a, uh, a an oatmeal stout, um, roast coffee, dark chocolate nuttiness with a hint of biscuit. Rounded well, out with a smooth body. We'll Just see like about me. that. Smoothed out by a round body. Mm. That's me, baby. Mm. It's stout weather, isn't it? it? Well, not today, actually. Today's fucking glorious yeah. outside. It's really nice. Yeah, no, I, I did end up getting the... Uh, that Kalash pack from uh, Hop Nation. Oh, I've got to go pick up a Kalash from, is it a Kalash? I think it is a Kalash and, and a um, Donna party from, from Purvis. Ah, yes. Because I ordered them. I've yet to and then try, went into lockdown. I've yet to try the whiskey edition one, but I'm very excited. Please do let me know. I'm, I'm keen to hear. So mm. let's give this a try. Ooh, that is, I tell you what, a lot of stouts these days I'm finding are really, really heavy on the lactose and the milkiness and the, um, and the like sweetness. Yeah. That's got the nice bitterness of a stout that you don't see this much anymore. Yeah. I think you mentioned coffee and sort of dark chocolate in yeah. terms of flavor profile, but I'm actually noticing that bitterness that you get with those sort of flavors more than 
those flavors themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Which is kind of nice. Yeah, this is um, co-conspirators basically just, I haven't really had a bad beer by them. No. I don't the, drink much of their stuff, but it is all nice. Yeah. So it's only in Abbotsford. Yeah, I know. I, d- I have not been there. I think they, they either are or recently were in the process of building a brew bar. I think so. I think tap room's opening. Um, Speaking of. They are also uh, currently going through a crowdsource funding round. They are. Yeah. Uh, with um, virtual. I was yes. quite tempted, to be honest. But Yeah. I took a look at it, but I don't. I don't. There's think probably a minimum buy-in of like yeah, a grand or I, something. I, I don't think it's opened up yet either way. No. But um, yeah, I was looking at it yesterday while I was mm. writing the episode. But um, yeah, I think I, you just reminded me that Deeds uh, Bar opened yesterday. I think yes. So we should get down there. We really should. Bloody um, friend of the podcast, uh, enemy of the podcast, TJ <laughs> said like I booked a thing, and then he messaged me. He's like, "Oh, thanks for booking something on my birthday weekend," and I was like. Fuck yeah, sorry, I didn't even think about that. That's my mm. bad. I'll cancel the booking. Because you said you can't make it anyway. And it was like, yeah. sweet, I'll just cancel the booking. About two days later, he's like, actually, yeah, I think that's probably a really good idea to go to Deeds on my birthday. And I was like, I'm going to actually kill you soon. <laughs> um, and he doesn't listen anymore, so I can say what I like about him. Yeah, fuck um, him. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, this beer is nice. It, yes. uh, it's it's um. Again, I think one of the things we get with stouts a lot at the moment is it's a lot of them are just like, hey, we've got this, 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 and this in it. And here, enjoy this mad dessert. But this yeah. is kind of uncomplicated, nice stout. Yeah, it also doesn't have that like really thick or sticky texture yeah. to it that some of the stouts we've had recently yeah. do. Because they're, they're very desserty stouts and stuff. This is just an oatmeal. Yeah. Just a nice, uncomplicated stout. Mm. I, yeah, I'm actually really into this. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I don't know how you transported it here, but it's basically at the perfect temperature for a stout. Uh, I brought it in my special stout container, mm, which I call my body. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, I'm a stout container. Regurgitated stout. That works on two levels, for mm. I am stout, and I contain quite a lot of it on a regular sure basis. stout. I mean, I've put on quite a bit of weight in lockdown. Uh, t- stout to me means short. Oh, stout is fat. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I thought you were just being really nice. You're like, you're not stout. I'm like, no, no, I put on some weight. And you're like, oh, no, you are fat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I misunderstood. I thought you were saying you're short. No, No, you're 100% stout. I wasn't going to say it. You said it, so therefore it's okay. You're a chunky boy, Elliot. (laughs) (laughs) Done me. Oh, dear. Done you. Yeah, done myself. We we were going to get, this is another drunk thing. You know, I bought a drunk number plate. Yes. Um, We almost drunk bought um, business cards that are just the done count the other day. Okay. So yeah. still got to put that order in. Yeah. Well, well worth it, obviously. Yes. Um, but yeah. Um, I, I don't really have, sorry, we're tangenting off quite hard, but I don't really have too much to say about it. It's it's nice. Yeah. It's just, yeah. we do this quite regularly when we get stouts in. Sometimes they're like mad. But we've had a few stouts where we're like, this is just a good example of a stout. Yeah. And it's it's hard to try to add much more when it's like, if you've had a stout, you know what this is going to be like. Yeah. Especially when it's like, you know, with IPAs and stuff, you can be like, "Oh, it's really cloudy," or "There's color and stuff yeah. going on." This is head. fucking. This is dark, black, dark brown beer. Leave <laughs> yeah. me alone. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm, it, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it, mm. and I'm hoping you will enjoy it while I talk about a thing. Oh, I will definitely do that. Fantastic. Are you ready to talk about the aforementioned thing? Mm. Let's, I am. Let's go. So, on a previous podcast, I don't remember how the fuck it came up. I don't even know which podcast it was on. We talked about a man, and I said, I would love to do an episode on him. He's got a mental life. Um, okay. And the mentalist. It's Chris Angel, mind freak. Oh. Um, 
don't know how I'm going to tie that into this. I mean, I'll be honest with you. This is a stretch with the name. All I right. just thought co-conspirators was probably close enough, but I'm going to talk about a lawyer. Okay. Um, yeah. And I'd also like to, cause I'm actually going to tell them that they inspired this because mm-hmm. they talked about it on their own podcast. I'd like to shout out Joe Scrabbles from the IGN UK podcast for inspiring this, me looking into this man in the first place. Okay. But this is the story, a little bit of the story of Melvin Belli. Huh. I don't remember that name. Mm. Should I? I do not remember what episode it was on. It might come to me. I'll, but... I'll have to go. I'll have to just go through my notes and just control F Melvin Belli because it, it came up another time. I talked about it. Okay. I'm trying to think okay. what episodes we've done recently. So, all right. Well, anyway, we'll see. So Melvin Belli is a prominent. Excuse me. Was a prominent U.S. lawyer, author, and actor. He was known as the King of Torts. Um, a tort being a kind of small pastry. No, it's not. It's a legal thing. I mean, it's both, but uh, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't known as that one. Uh, a tort is <clears throat> a wrongful act or infringement of a right other than under contract leading to civil legal liability, a.k.a. infringing on someone's rights leading to cl- uh, a lawsuit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wrongful act or infringement of a right. Yes. So. I, do, I do like the, the little accent you put on that. Thank you. That's my law accent. Well, it also reminded me of the guy telling the story about his Bucks party. What? Just don't leave me oh, out. Just, <laughs> I got a cameo of him made for someone at work. <laughs> Amazing. It was incredible. Um, <laughs> lads, lads, lads. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, tough. Um, <laughs> almost. So you almost got take. me. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, the, the accent thing just reminded me there was a guy presenting at the Ubisoft con- con- conference um, mm-hmm. on E3 who just... All the Ubisoft people had annoying voices because they're French. Yeah. But he rolled every single one of his R's and it infuriated me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm trying to think of some words with R in it now so I can demonstrate and I can't think of a single one. Yeah, me what neither. What games were they talking about? I don't know. Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Co-conspirators. Yeah, it was like that. that last one's hard to get. But in a French accent, it was infuriating. <laughs> infuriating. Yes. <laughs> I was about to say, quite so, Mike, and there's no R's in that either. No. <laughs> Good chat. Anyway, <laughs> um, so back to Melvin Belli. Mm. So he had many celebrity clients over the years, including, but not limited to, Zsa Zsa Gabor, Chuck Berry, Muhammad Ali, The Rolling Stones, Jim and Tammy Faye Backer, who I don't know, Martha Mitchell, who I also don't know, Maureen Connolly, who I also don't know, Lana Turner, Tony Curtis, and Mae West. He also had... And I'd like to talk about this because we were talking about him yesterday and he's fun. Errol Flynn, who was a Hollywood actor in the like 30s, I want to say, or maybe 20s. Uh-huh. It would have been 30s. He was like a swashbuckling. I think he was Robin Hood and like maybe a pirate and a few things. Like, you right. know, comes in, uh, shirt mostly open, mm-hmm. swings in a rope and buckles some swashes. Um, <laughs> Errol Flynn, the man with the best autobiography. So Errol Flynn was... Um, uh, so are you familiar with the phrase in like Flynn? Yeah. Meaning like, oh, it's a guarantee. Yeah. That is a reference to it. If you're in like Flynn, mm. it's usually in reference to trying to fuck someone for the record. Oh, is Errol Flynn getting around? Is he? Errol Flynn was prestigious in how much he fucked. Oh, he's a horn dog. He was the horn dog. Right. Um, and his autobiography, um, they, they changed the name before publication because what he wanted to call it, but okay. it, it came out 
and it was called My Wicked Wicked Ways, which is a great Wait, name. That's for- what it actually came out as. Yes. What did he want to call it? In Like Me. That's pretty good. It's so good. Absolute solid gold. It would have been better if it was The Adventures of My Dick. I mean, that's basically what the autobiography <laughs> yeah. was. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. In Like Flynn is a reference to all the fucking. And he basically just wanted to say, my fuck book. Meet little Errol. <laughs> Big Errol by the sounds of yeah, things. Well, yeah, well, okay. Um, good on him. Yeah. <laughs> so during uh, Belli's legal, legal career, he personally won over $600 million in damages for his clients. Now, did any of those clients happen to sue each other? <laughs> Back and forth. Just which circular. side is he on? Hmm. Quite possibly. Mm. Law's fucking weird like that. Yeah, it is. Um, so probably his most famous and prominent client, though, mm-hmm. or rather, I don't think prominent is the right word, but most famous client would be Jack Ruby. And if you don't okay. know who Jack Ruby is, Jack Ruby is the man who shot Lee Harvey Oswald. And if you don't know who Lee oh. Harvey Oswald is, Lee Harvey Oswald is the man who shot JFK. And if you don't know who JFK is... Read a book. JFK was the man who shot loads into Marilyn Monroe. Oh, damn you. <laughs> I wish you'd been drinking that. I think I could have got a spit take out of you. You might have. You might have, actually. I had really good fun writing that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so... Born in 1907, Belli had a pretty normal upbringing by the looks of things, um, but he did do a pretty millennial thing, considering it was 1907, which was before going to university, he decided to take a, a year to go study, uh, travel the world. Oh. Had like a gap year. Um, a gap year. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about that video in years. Um, <laughs> I haven't heard that name in years. Um, so he got his degree in 1933 from Berkeley. So smart dude. Yeah. And from there, his life is just absolutely clown shoes. It is bananas it's so good okay the mad shit starts all right so his his first job his literal first job out of uni yeah was for the works progress administration um they wanted him to observe the impact of the countries of the great depression on the country's vagrant population that's a rather i don't know sounds like a heavy workload for for, for his, his first, first job. job yeah so get this to do that he posed as a hobo and rode the rails incredible yes like what a lad just like yeah fuck it if we're gonna do this we're gonna do it yeah was um, was, was doing that illegal in some way yep. at the time yeah okay. vagrancy is a is a crime and that yeah but the whole like you know riding the rails not paying for tickets that kind of thing um so yeah and i'm, I'm assuming that he would have been able to be like no i'm studying this for law that's yeah, still well, illegal yeah that was going to be my my question is yeah. It's like, how much no, officer, of, I'm speeding to see if I can. Yeah, yeah. How much of an excuse does he actually have? Pretty much none. Yeah. But what a, again, what a fucking lad. Yeah. Um, so after that, he got his first major legal victory uh, in what I would describe as a truly, I'm going to allow this moment in okay. court. Um, he was involved in a personal injury case representing a cable car gripman. Um, mm-hmm. No, I do not know what a gripman does. It's just got big hands. Nobody knows what a gripman does. <laughs> it's provocative. Yeah, um, it's good. Gets the people going. Yeah. So uh, to, to win the case, Belli brought in a model of the cable car intersection to the courtroom, mm-hmm. including the gearbox and the chain involved in the accident, and then used it to demonstrate to the jurors exactly what happened. And as a result, he won. Wow. Yeah. I was injured. Let me show you how. Yeah. In court. I thought you were going to go down the road of setting up a joke about the first time people got infuriated by a trolley problem question. 
No. no. I, I, that took me a second. Uh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. If you could flip the switch on not making that reference, would you? Yes. <laughs> uh, but three people will die. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Do I get to choose the three? Yeah. Oh, then yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, so it seems like basically Melvin Belli was, was, was quite rare in that he was a lawyer who actually, for the most part, seemed to be on the side of good. Okay. Um, we all hate lawyers. We all yeah. know some lawyers. Well, it's just more, all, they seem quite nice to know, us. Knowing the, the history of stories we go for, I'm surprised to hear that he's one of the good guys. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a goodie. Mm. Um, he was instrumental in setting up some of the foundations of modern consumer rights, basically. Well. Um, and he argued several cases in the 1940s and 50s that formed the basis for later lawsuits and landmark litigation um, that gives us the rights as consumers that we have today. Um, well. Stuff such as products having long consumer chains and not just manufacturer direct purchaser. Um, so that means uh, you as a purchaser could blame a manufacturer for a fault mm. rather than it being whoever you bought it from. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So you don't have to like stooge over a small business because the manufacturer's done a shit job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's Melvin Belli's like fault. Good. Fault not right work. I like that. Work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, did, he did some really like stuff that you're just like, oh yeah, fuck that. It's like stuff we take for granted now. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Um, so Bella had his office in uh, San Francisco in a former Gold Rush era brothel. Fantastic. Yeah. It gets better. Oh, good. Did he turn it into a functioning brothel? Probably. Okay. Because every time he won a case, he'd raise the Jolly Roger from the roof <laughs> and fire a fucking cannon off it. <laughs> what? That wasn't the celebration of him winning the case, though. That was to signal that there was an impending party coming because he'd won a case. So can you imagine oh, what the parties were like? Two cannons. I've just I just realized I've just put in here. Lad. I'm saying lad, but what a lad. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely That's ludicrous. So wild. Yeah. Fucking madman. I'm just imagining because I'm guessing San Francisco at the time, not a lot of cannons. No, I would say probably not a lot of cannons for many years. Yeah, that'd be like, I don't know, if around here I just heard a cannon go off, my first thought is not going to be, oh, it's time to party. Yeah, uh, like if I hear a cannon, I'm either like, hmm, someone military or royal has died. Yep. There is some kind of like reenactment going on. Or. Or. Impending siege. Yes. Not, <laughs> not. Quick scan for a Jolly Roger just to make sure yeah. that not we're being attacked by pirates, but that it's party time. Oh, cannon went off. Better go get a slab. Yeah. Cannon's <laughs> gone off. Must have been a good day in court. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what an unusual era. But yeah, imagine that. You just like Imagine working in the office next door. I'd love it if it was another lawyer next door that he beat. And it's like, oh, well, I'm never going to live this down. Just aim the cannon down. <laughs> yeah. Just through his window. Just like takes his desk out. And he's like, <laughs> well. Thanks, Melvin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, probably the best known case Bellai was involved in was his representation of Jack Ruby, as I say. Yeah. Which he did for free. Wow. Okay. Um, so you have to understand, like, so he, tr he basically tried to get him, um, the court, the case went out um, by reason of mental, in mental instability and insanity. Ah, uh, yes. Struggling here, sorry. Mm. Um, so you, you do have to kind of understand a little bit about Jack Ruby's whole situation. It's mm -hmm. a bit fucking weird. Um, so <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald is an unusual character, but Jack Ruby isn't exactly a normal dude either. Okay. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald shot JFK 
and they found him and arrested him. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Jack Ruby was not a stable or normal guy. Mm. Um, the whole situation I've written here was kind of fucked. He'd been basically involved in a few illegal things around Dallas, but he was a club owner in the 50s and 60s. So that's not too surprising. We're mm-hmm. talking like gambling, drugs, prostitution, sure. like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, he had very few friends. Um, and as a result, was always kind of keen to get people into his club mm-hmm. as like a favor so he could add them to his like friend circle. He's, Fuck, I thought you were going to say add them on Facebook for a second. <laughs> yes, very much so. He's, he's a big proponent of early adoption of technology. Um, and his technology was drink. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of yeah, drink. Big proponent. Um, but yeah, he's seemingly like a pretty lonely guy. Mm-hmm. And he would get people into the club. And I'm talking like famous people. I'm talking like... Um, Cops, I'm talking just basically anyone in Dallas. Like, he just wanted to be friends with people. Yeah. Because he was obviously a... Yeah, he wasn't the most normal human being. Okay. Um, wasn't a good guy. Mm. He, like, he had a penchant for, a penchant for violence. Uh, he was the bouncer of his own club. Man. Yeah, he didn't, did not fuck about. Yeah. Like, he would let people in one day, and then the next day, be like, absolutely not. And he'd be like, why? He's like, I don't need to give you a reason. And when he bounced people out of the club, he would throw them down a set of stairs. Yeah, like, being the bouncer for your own club sounds like you set up a club so that you had license to beat people up. Uh, <laughs> He's a very unusual cat. Okay. Man, what a, what a setup. Oh, again, what a story, Mark. Yeah. Um generally is seen as kind of fucked up and quote from people of the time suffering from some sort of disturbance. Mm. Um, so November 24th, 1963, Jack Ruby drove into Dallas into the town with his dashend Sheba, who he often called his wife, which I think is kind of funny and adorable. Meet my dog wife. <laughs> oh no, you made it so much weirder. It wasn't weird already. Weirder. Okay. Um, so from there, he went, um, wired some money to somebody and then went to police HQ. So he knew a lot of people in the police force because mm-hmm. of his time in the club, etc. He's a pretty well-connected guy in the city, realistically. Sure. He knew everyone who knew everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, he, so he obviously had prior knowledge of what was about to happen. Mm. So, cause he went down to the basement where the authorities were escorting Lee Harvey Oswald to an armored car to take him to county jail to await trial. You have to understand that at the time, like. JFK was insanely popular. Yeah. Um, there was definitely the, trouble brewing. Yeah, but why the news was so shocking. Is y- yeah. The first thought is, well, who would do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Dallas was not a friendly to JFK area because mm. it just wasn't just Dallas. Yeah. But still, people were like, oh, my God, someone shot the president. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the police are escorting him through the basement to an armored car. There's some media. Jack steps out from the throng of reporters, shot him point blank in the stomach. Wow. Causing damage to his spleen, stomach, aorta, vena cava, which are two large veins, kidney, liver, diaphragm, and 11th rib before the bullet came to rest in his right side. Like, How big was this bullet? I think he shot him with Belli's cannon. <laughs> I, like, I read that and I was just like, what the fuck did a pinball around inside him or something? That's madness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, absolutely done him. Just a single shot. Yep. Wow. Um, Detective Billy Combest, recognizing Jack, exclaimed, Jack, you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> they 
dived on him and arrested him. Uh, but he wasn't putting up a fight. He was like, Poof. because he, yeah. what he thought he was doing was a service. He was like, yeah. someone needs to kill this guy. This guy deserves to die. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but this is why there's so much conspiracy around it. They're like, mm. oh, Jack Ruby was paid to kill Oswald. So Oswald couldn't really, couldn't ever tell anyone why right. he did it. Yeah. So All right. Oswald was taken to a hospital, mm-hmm. the same hospital that they pronounced JFK dead. And was and died on in the ta- in, on the table there. Jeez. He uh, JFK, by the way, being pronounced dead at the hospital was very much a formality at that point because they took bits of his brain with him. Yeah. Um, the JFK, the the whole assassination of JFK is fascinating. The last podcast on left did a fantastic episode on it. Okay. It's like a five parter and it's brilliant. Yeah. Jeez. Um, so Belli, as I say, attempted to prove that Jack Ruby was legally insane and had a history of mental illness in the family. Mm. Pretty fair, I would say. Okay. Um, on Saturday, March 14th, 1964, Ruby was convicted of murder with malice and received a death sentence. Mm. Um, it, of course it was, I believe overturned, All right. um, to life. Um, and Ruby and his siblings fired Belli. Um, but they also hired and fired several lawyers throughout the case quite prominently. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, kind of a mad family. Uh, Ruby actually died in prison. Um, he died of cancer. That, oh, that right. was it. He was going to appeal. Right. Um, with a death sentence. And he died of cancer like a year in prison. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty sad. Man. I mean, sad, maybe not the right word. It's pretty, pretty rough. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so like it took literally like six months for Ruby to be convicted. Um, mm. and yeah, but it's like, they've got it on, on, uh, on film, like people have photos of him stepping out and shooting. Really? Oswald. Oh, because it would have been media down there, like yeah, you said. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's loads of photos of him just like, there's two cops and then there's Ruby just stood there with his big hat on just in front of him and he's just like, just yeah, literally wow. jammed it in his gut and fired. Yeah. I wonder if that's one of those sort of historic images that I have just seen like during school or something and I've just not realized or, or something. Like it, I, I wonder if I looked at it, if it would be familiar. Have, have a look. Yeah. Um. See, see if you think. Yeah, he really is just right there, huh? Yeah. Fuck. There's, there's, there's no... He's, um, Oswald's not even looking at him. No. He just steps out from, like, among a crowd of reporters and just goes... That is fucking <laughs> wild. Oh, the, like, that one I've seen, where, he's, yeah. where Oswald's making the, making the contorted face and the gun is definitely pointed Visible. at him and he's seen it. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, absolutely mad. Yeah, no, I have seen these before. Yeah. Yeah, Belli represented him for free. I don't quite know why. I think I think it's mm. I I I'm not trying to guess the man's motives, but I kind of assume because he seemed like a fairly good, if a bit eccentric dude, yeah. that he was um, genuinely believed the guy was insane. Yeah, or maybe there was some some amount of him that wanted to see Oswald dead and was happy to try and like alleviate the de- uh, defend his his killer, if that makes sense. So possible, yeah. So possible. Um, I mean, he was in San Francisco. It was quite likely he was quite a liberal dude. Yeah. So the death yeah. of JFK, I mean, quite... Maybe it was a sen- for him. some sense of justice. Yeah, possibly. So he was like, I, w- I will defend this man. Mm, maybe. Um, so after this, the other majorly famous moment in Belli's career that, that we as people would know um, would be in relation to the Zodiac Killer. I don't know if you know much about uh, the Zodiac Killer. I've seen the Zodiac movie. Is it good? It's pretty entertaining. Belli's in it. Yeah, not him. It's maybe that's why the Brian name, Cox plays him. Maybe that's why the name rings a bell. But well, if I tell you the story about what happened with the Zodiac Killer, maybe you'll recognise yeah. the bit. But um, 
Uh, Zodiac Killer in 1969 called San Francisco police and agreed to call talk show host Jim Dunbar on Dunbar's morning show, mm. AM San Francisco, if either Belly, Belli or attorney F. Lee Bailey were present on air. Um, yeah. Belli being the man that he is and also like an author and an actor and stuff like that mm. was absolutely fucking game. Yeah. He was like, hell yes. As promised, uh, the suspect called, spoke a few words and then hung up, repeating this activity 54 times over the next two hours. Just calling, saying something, and then hanging up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Later that year, Belli received a letter from the Zodiac Killer. Right. Yeah. Uh, They never caught the fucker. Yeah. I I know that much. And he claimed to have killed over 37 people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So Bellow's firm actually filed for bankruptcy in December 95. Um, Bellow was representing 800 women at the time in a class action lawsuit against breast implant manufacturer Dow Corning. Bellow won the lawsuit, but when Dow Corning declared bankruptcy, he had no way to recover the five million his firm has advanced to doctors and expert witnesses. Wow. Yeah. Dow Corning still exists. They went bankrupt. They just delisted for like six years and then just came back. Yeah. They're owned by like other bigger people. There you go. Um, so in the 1960s, Belli was among the, uh, sorry, um, basically the claim was that Dow Corning's silicon breast implants caused systemic health problems. The claims first centered on breast cancer and then mitigated to a range of, uh, excuse me, migrated to a range of autoimmune diseases, including lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, and various neurological problems. Yeah, right. Uh, 800 women he was representing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like very much a for the people kind mm. of dude, but the yep. same things. Um, in the 1960s, Belli was amongst the leading members of the California Plaintiffs Bar who helped establish the California Trial Lawyers Association, which in the mid 90s was renamed the Consumer Attorney to California. The okay. organization has established to help set standards and foment ongoing legal education to help consumers have a better chance in court against powerful legal teams amassed by insurance companies and big corporations that were typically defendants in an accident, personal injury, and other consumer lawsuits. Yeah, good. So, yeah, really, like, yeah. stick it to the man sort of thing. Well, it's also, you know, if, if an individual has been wronged by a large enough company, oh. even if you know that's what happened and that's the truth like they just have enough money and enough lawyers to make you go away so being able to push back against that is is always good well this is the thing i read uh, rather i heard on last podcast they were talking about when bundy represented himself i think Mm -hmm. or maybe it was someone else they were saying that the, the the i'm paraphrasing quite a lot here but like even if you are correct and you know it exactly it can be hard to prove with uh the correct legal I guess, recommendations, et cetera, mm-hmm. that your case is worthy, justified and correct. Yeah. Yep. And a trial lawyer, a good trial lawyer's job is to just, um, disprove the other person or, mm-hmm. or, or remove proof from the other person or to just trip you up. Yeah. So even if you know you're right and you've got evidence, they can just trip you up yeah. to make you look like you don't. Exactly. Cause the, the, that's the thing is like, there's that, um, elements of, um, what is it? Beyond reasonable doubt. Yes. Um, and that's all they have to do is create reasonable doubt. Yep. Mad. Um, so, Belli was married six times and divorced five. Right. Okay. So the last one stuck. Um, yeah, she might have outlived him. Right. Um, his marriage to his fifth wife, the former, and this is just more clown shoe stuff. Mm-hmm. The former Leah Georgia Triff. Excuse me. The what? His, his marriage to his fifth wife, Leah Georgia Triff ended with a scandalous and acrimonious divorce proceeding in 
Belli accused his ex-wife of having an affair with Archbishop Desmond Tutu <laughs> and throwing one of his dogs off the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, my God. He was fined $1,000 for repeatedly calling her El Trampo in court. And at one wow. point, Belli was ejected from the courtroom after accusing the judge of sleeping with his former wife's lawyer. He was ultimately compelled to pay her an estimated $15 million, and she later married the self-styled Romanian prince, Prince Paul of Romania. Holy shit. That just kept going. Yeah, it just got madder and madder as I was reading I thought at any point it. you were going to stop and kind of wrap the sentence up, but it just kept going. No. Fucking hell. Yeah, absolutely bananas. Um, he died, I believe, in the late 90s, I think 96. Sure. Um, it's pretty old by that point. Yeah. He's like getting up to, you know, his 90s, I think. Okay. So he's pretty, lived a good long life. Yeah. Um, good for him. I assume that they fired him into the grave with a cannon or something. I, I hope so, yeah, actually, awesome. at this point. Um, and I've just got a few fast facts if you're interested. I sure am. Uh, Belli executively produced, executively? Executive produced Tokyo File 212 in 1951, Hollywood's first film to be shot entirely in Japan. Huh. In 1965, he told Alex Haley, this is where it came from. He told Alex Haley in the Playboy interview he did. Yeah. That's where I remember we were talking about Belli. Gotcha. Um, that he, quote, might have been an actor if he had not become an attorney. Uh, wow. In 1968, he appeared in an episode of Star Trek as a villain. What? <laughs> um, he is buried in a place called Oddfellows Cemetery, which I think is pretty fucking bang on. Yeah. And uh, there's a great quote from him on his uh, on his website, which I assume is like maintained by his family, hmm. which is, there may have been, there may be better lawyers than I, but so far I haven't come across any of them in court. That's which good. Which I'm just like, yes, that's, yes. That's like, as far as I know, I'm the best at what I do. Yeah. Imagine, I'm like, yeah, there's probably who out there better than me, but they've never faced me, so yeah. meh. Yeah. What a legend. That's so good. Yeah. And that is the a very brief coverage of the uh, life and weird life and times of uh, Melvin Belli. That's fascinating. The um, uh, opposition lawyers used to call him Melvin Bellicose. Bellicose meaning angry or furious, which I huh. think is good. Yes. Well... Whistleblower, not really related, but I appreciate it. The, the conspiracy the bit was what I was going for. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, look, I did spend quite a lot of time in Hophead looking if there was a more appropriately named one. <laughs> yeah. If don't I'm honest con- with you. Don't co conspirators make a beer with a lawyer on it? Or is, no, it's the tax man or something. Yeah, like the that. accountant, I yeah. think. Yeah. There was, was a guy in a suit. I don't think his life would have been as exciting if he was an accountant. No. Or he would have cooked the books for some weird group of people. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that was Melvin Belli. Yes, it sure was. Um, I don't really have a like follow-up thingy that I usually do. So <laughs> a spicy question. Yeah. What I'm going to say is, if you could sue anyone for Ooh. some marginal or realistic infringement or infraction mm. upon you, mm. no matter how um, spurious or Mm-hmm. Um, petty. Yep. Who or what would it be? Uh, t- probably at the moment because I'm thinking about stuff like this a lot. Like probably someone like Apple for how much they charge developers to run things through their store. Yep. Because I think they, I think you're sh- not alone in that. No, so I know. There are a prominent one. There are people suing them for that exact thing. Yep. Um, or even their, you know, how hard they make their devices to repair yourself. Yep. That kind of stuff. It, it's very. How have they not been sued for that? Uh. Because it's a very hard thing to to like set up a case against. I thought someone got done for it recently about 
it's it's more more what they're trying to do in the states at the moment is uh, right to repair legislation. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's not. I enough was going to, through the courts. That's not enough to sue people for it. It's more trying to put it into legislation to say if you're producing some sort of physical good, the consumer must have a certain amount of ability to repair it themselves. Yeah, not just or have re- to buy a new one. Yeah, or replace parts or or things like that. Yeah, big into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, I dig that. Um, I'd like to sue the person today who I sat behind in the Burnley Tunnel doing 20 under. Oh, yeah. Um, it is a fatuous and unnecessary <laughs> infraction upon my being because it was for all of about three minutes. Yeah. But fuck them. I want them to be destitute. And you want that time back as well. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'd probably just waste it. Yeah, but you, you you are now robbed of that choice of what to do with those minutes. Yeah, and also, if I waste my time, good. It's my time to waste, not exactly. yours. You exactly. fucking moron. There you go. Yeah. I couldn't really think of anyone else I'm more angry about, and that was just in my head at the time. Yeah. Um, I'm not even that angry about that. But, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. I would, I would yeah, okay. sue, sue our dog for eating some of the meat that we were trying to snack on earlier. It's <laughs> <laughs> the slightest slight. Yeah, this is it. I, I just want to start dropping really unnecessary lawsuits. Or just someone does something that slightly annoys you. You just point at them and say, I'll see you in court. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. No, this is how it starts, though, because like, yeah. it's like Homer with the glove slapping and the dueling. Yes. Someone's going to eventually be like, Okay, let's set a date. And like, ooh. <laughs> Pistols at dawn. I meant tennis court. <laughs> which is where you cry, you, you, you try crimes against tennis. Yep. I don't know where to go with that. Nope. <laughs> Judge Tim Henman presiding. Who? Uh, he's a famous British tennis player in the 90s and 2000s. Uh, honestly, that's a very, very niche joke. Me and Hobbs talk about Tim Hemmer an awful lot. It's ridiculous. At least your country has famous tennis players. I couldn't even name one. I was about to name like four Australian tennis players that are really famous. And I'm like, you're not from New Zealand. You're from New Zealand, yeah, sorry. I'm not from here. Yeah. Also, I'd like to add that like we only have a tennis player that's famous to us because literally I just said his name and you're like, who the hell is that? You're Andy Murray. Depending on, depending on the year, he's either Scottish or English. Yeah. Winning tennis player, winning British tennis player Andy Murray, losing Scottish tennis player Andy exactly. Murray. Exactly. He's got a brother as well who's very good at tennis. They huh. play doubles together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Also, Andy Murray was in a school massacre in Scotland. Wasn't like perpetrating. That would have come up clearly not a, Clearly not a victim either. Um, he was one of the kids that was like, um, he didn't die. Yeah. But it was pretty rough. Wow. And it, it's seemingly one of the reasons he's quite morose. Yeah. I think rightly yeah but um yeah he was in he was in he was in a pretty awful thing called the dunblane massacre huh who would have thought we'd move on from mad lawyers to andy murray's school shooting nightmares <laughs> i made that sound really dismissive lee carvello's putting challenge <laughs> you have selected shotgun <laughs> oh no <laughs> all right i think that's as good a reason as any to wrap up the podcast forever yeah <laughs> Jesus. That's a crossover I was not expecting to to get to. No, sir. Thank God. <sighs> well, well, yep. If you could stomach <laughs> any of that, and you're still here, yeah. If you didn't find that absolutely abhorrent, 
you might like to look at our social media where we don't talk like that we don't do much to be perfectly honest with you i know it's the thing i meant to manage but like it's a lot of feel like for a start it's not very easy to do things as hebrew on mobile or on the laptop either yeah no i I find every now and then i'll I'll log into the instagram on my phone and do something and that's kind of about as much as i I think is worth doing (laughs) running a page is a nightmare the other thing as well is i've just noticed if i post things to my facebook story it goes onto our instagram story yes which is very annoying because sometimes they're really funny and i'm like i don't delete it like yesterday which people didn't didn't weren't as amused by as i think they should have been Uh uh-huh um which was actually a retread of another joke. You know, when people have their birthdays and they have those big old balloons with the numbers on them? Yeah. A few months ago, we saw someone who was obviously their 21st birthday. They were yeah. walking across the street carrying the one and the two. two which, even Hobbs outside the pub and I just put a pint and I went, oh, someone's turning 12. <laughs> so yesterday we were in another pub and someone was turning obviously 50, but we were on the other side of the glass. So it said zero five and we were yeah. like, oh, someone's turning five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> posted that. It went on our Instagram and no one liked it. And I... I'm annoyed because I think that's good, gentle humor. Well, now you're learning what kind of content needs to go where. <laughs> tits. People want tits, beer, Elliot. Not in that order. That was just me talking to myself about okay. it. Um, anyway, the Instagram and Facebook you can find us on and Twitter um, are at Hey Brew Podcast. Um, we did some tweeting recently, or rather someone tweeted for us. Thank you for that, yes. your friend. Yes, I will, I will take any and all uh, friends friends uh sharing of our bullshit yeah promotion therein please do share our bullshittery it needs to see the light of day yeah i feel like there's more people out there that would enjoy it they just don't know it exists well what always concerns me is there's more people out there listening than i realize yes that too. and not and not one of them will email us that's fine the bastards they will eventually and then it's it's going to be all like a like an avalanche it's all going to come life. at once yeah we when when we eventually it. make it and people are like, oh, I just got this podcast. I really like it. And get this. There's already like 57 episodes. Yeah. I'm, by this, I'm judging that we're going to make it next episode. Yeah. Um, so there's loads of backlog. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, if they did want to email us though, Mike, could they do that? They certainly could. Uh, the email address there is hello at Hebrew.zone. Uh, you can send us, well, given the topic of this episode, maybe... Don't send Legal us anything. Threats. Yeah, don't. I was going to say, don't send us anything related to this episode. Just send Unless us it's a, a cannon. Yeah, yeah. If you if you can like buy us a cannon and send it through, that'll be fucking well received. Yeah. I don't know what I'll do with it. Put it in the lawn. Maybe I'll use it to, to classic lawn cannon. Well, I'll probably keep my street clear. People like to park up and down here. They're not supposed to. Yeah, it's a hell of a way to get your parking space guaranteed. Put a cannon in it. Yeah. <laughs> Or just directly in front of it, facing into the space. Yeah. You're like, park here, go for it. Yeah, do it. You won't. Do it. Coward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're afraid of dying by cannon fire. <laughs> what a People bitch. People are always saying that. <laughs> oh, the little baby doesn't want to get obliterated by a hot ball of metal. <laughs> <sighs> if you're not a weak 60-pound weakling who wouldn't mind being obliterated by a flying shards of lead as it detonates on impact mm. then um <laughs> you can go on your yeah podcast listening app of choice and leave us a review yeah five star or nothing or the canon is for you yes the canon comes for thee first send us a canon then send us a five star review and then all is right canoning has come to your little town canoning to <laughs> electric, electric boogaloo, boogaloo. <laughs> 
Uh, we should probably watch Breaking Two at some point, but not Breaking One. Yeah, it was either that or it was um, going to be Cruise, Cruise Control. Control. Yeah, <laughs> this is like this is like the time we said cheeseburger spring rolls at the same time. Yeah, uh, this is this is great content for us at least. Look, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, um, and we also have a website. Like yes, that's Hebrew at Design. Hebrew at zone, Hebrew dot zone. The clue, so, uh, the clue was in the email address. I just got it confused before it came out of my mouth. Hebrew dot zone. Uh, links to all of the social media stuff is on there. Plus all the episodes. If you want to listen to it there for some reason, it's not, don't. No, it's not the best way to do that. Um, but we've got links to other places that have our podcast that yeah. might be easier. This is the worst outro we've ever done. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> no, no, the energy is very strange in this room right now. It's low key, there's low lighting, it's, yeah. it's soft energy. Yeah. But also like it's just meandering. Yeah. Yeah. We're, it. we're both like somewhat leaning back in comfy chairs. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm almost like horizontal. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Pretty good. I want to take all the furniture out of this room and just get one big what two big bean bags actually. Oh, can we Podbean sometime. I'm pretty sure that's a Podbean is a podcast yeah, host. Thought so. <laughs> pod bag. That sounds pod like a much, much, pod bag. much higher energy. <laughs> Step into the pod bag. <laughs> Please enjoy this pod sack. Get into my pod bag. Pod sack is, I'm pretty sure, like that sucks. where peas hate, come from. I hate, yeah. <laughs> I hate this. Um, <laughs> bag cast. That just sounds like it's about cocaine. Get into the pod scrote. <laughs> Welcome to Scrotum Cast episode four. Um, We've still got balls. We're going to show them to you. Episode four. Have you ever noticed that they move just on their own? That's wild. <laughs> anyway, join us next week for episode five. This sucks. Let's get out of here. All right. Um, well, this has been a mess, uh, but also an episode of Hey Brew. My name is Elliot. My name is Mike. Cheers. Cheers. I have no fucking idea what this was. <laughs> like, you really screwed. did just, it just like absolutely car crashed at the end. Yeah, but sometimes those are the best. Yeah. Like the the Nazi one when we went on a car crash <laughs> with that was fun on a bun. Yes. It's wildly inappropriate, but it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I sent that clip to a couple of people. Just be like, here's some private Hebrew material. Enjoy. <laughs> oh, you mean the bit we cut? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the bit I sent to you as well. Yeah, that was good. Uh, but it was funny the, it was the, dark yeah the way I think about it is they've got all the way to the end of the episode that's the reward <laughs> it's the messy outro yeah that's the we, one day we'll put that clip as the outro bit and just be oh. like mm, throwback